Oh, hello. I didn't see you there. This is Dr. Thaddeus Venture, and you're listening to the Long Box Guys. Whatever that means. the long box guys gonna do tonight brain the same thing the long box guys do every night pinky drink and talk about comics they're useless to taking over the world yes hey everybody welcome to this week's episode of the long box guys with me as always are some of my very best friends since i was a very little kid tommy how you doing what are you drinking i'm doing okay i am drinking some suntory whiskey tonight Ooh, suntory what, what was the tagline from the movie that Bill Murray said? Anybody remember? Uh, something about happiness. It's like happiness in a glass. Uh, Josh, how are you doing? What are you drinking, my friend? Uh, I am just cracking. Hold on. <laughs> I am just cracking open the beer I picked up this week from a place in Western Connecticut. Uh, it's called Gelato Girl. Gelato. IPA from Back East Brewing. I had some of their other beers. Uh, they were okay. But now this one sounded amazing. Yeah. And so I thought I would give it a shot. Uh, they did have some really nice glasses, so I picked up a glass. I'll show you the glass. And then I'm going to stall because apparently I lost that thing where I'm supposed to be the background. But I don't want to. So I'm just going to show you some beer instead. And so there's the glass. It's nice. It's nice. Ah. Kind of like that. looks like, you know, it's got a little lip on it. Those of you who are listening to this podcast rather than watching it on YouTube, we have a YouTube channel. You can actually see what Josh was just referring to. Yeah. It comes with visuals. It's yeah. almost like there are real people talking and not just voices from the ephemera invading your universe. So uh, give me uh, give me a, a three to eighteen on that there, uh, big man. I give it a twelve. Well, that's not too too bad, but uh, it, it's worth it just to get Gelato Girl sticking my head. I'm Gelato Girl in Gelato World in a beer can. It's fantastic. Stacy, you know the song. Come on, help me out. Jesus Christ, just let me hang. You're great. You're Thanks. doing it. How you doing? What are you drinking, Stacy? I'm doing great. I, I'm i just drinking water tonight, but I went to a local brewery yesterday, and they had a draft cider that is actually from Boston um, called Down East. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Down East is great. Yeah. Oh, God, it's amazing. It's really if great. you get a chance, find their pineapple one. Oh. Okay. Like a really, it's like, I mean, it's mostly like a really dry cider, but they twinge it with a little sweet pineapple in there. It's really good. Very well I'll done. Give that a chef myself. Thank you, Josh. Mikey, how you doing? What are you drinking? I'm doing well. I'm drinking a Berliner Weiss uh, from Broadbrook Brewing in Connecticut, and it is very tasty. It's a nice-looking can. Yeah. I'd, yeah. Those of you on the YouTube, there, there it is. You can barely see it because I am uh, pretty much doing this in the dark. But, uh, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, uh, kind of makes me wonder what Jean-Claude Van Damme's uh, favorite beer would be. Speaking of Jean-Claude Van Damme, we're talking about Bloodsport this week. Bloodsport, the great 1980, what, 7? 88. 88? 88. Oh, wait, no, we're talking about the character. Yeah, the Frank, Frank, yeah Frank, Dukes. Frank Dukes. Frank yeah. Dukes from Red Bloodsport. Do you have him as a, uh, do you have a doll of him, uh, Stacy? No, I don't think they've made any Bloodsport action figures. Dude, they almost actually had Frank Dukes as one of the G.I. Joes. That makes sense. Yeah, because uh, the same time when they did Refrigerator Perry and uh, a couple of the others, they uh, they, they chatted about, and uh, Rocky Balboa, they chatted about maybe Frank Dukes, but he wasn't popular enough. Yeah. No. The, the, only, the only one, like Jean-Claude Van Damme, figure I know of is probably uh, when he was in Street Fighter. I think they made character. Uh, tell me you have the Rawl. The Rawl. Uh, uh, who's the main bad guy in that one? Rawl. Gomez? Rawl Julia. <laughs> it's so sad that was his last ever movie. <laughs> I, I, bison, right? Yeah. yeah I, he was I, the thinnest little bison <laughs> you will yeah. ever see. Uh, but we're not talking about that. We're actually talking about Bloodsport. Uh, Josh, did you want to give us a little of the background on Bloodsport? Uh, so Bloodsport first appears in Superman Volume 2, Number 4 in 1987, created by John Byrne and Carl Kessel. Uh, the character is Robert Dubois. Um, he is a Vietnam draft evader who has a mental breakdown, and uh, he... He's sort of uh, contacted by, uh, I think it's by Lex Luthor, uh, and he is hired to assassinate Superman with a, um, a kryptonite bullet. And so he sort of uh, has uh, a lot of rage against the citizens of Metropolis. I can't remember why he has this particular anima uh, against Metropolis, but he, he has no compunctions about killing people in the city of Metropolis. So, uh, while they, uh, that's sort of why Lex Luthor sort of employs him and, uh, and tries to get him to use his, uh, his skills against, against Superman. Honestly, I don't have a lot of that else. I was actually going with, uh, with Bolo from Bloodsport. And if you have, if you haven't seen Bolo's kid, oh my god, that dude, like, it's just like they they superimposed Bolo's face over Bolo if he was actually in amazing shape. Well, Bolo Young was Mr. China for like five years in a row oh, back yeah. in the day. Yeah, he, he was, was in great guy. shape. Yeah. yeah, but his kid, he, he, go ahead and Google his kid, man. Like, Is he Bolo Young Jr.? Or? I don't know if he's the third Bolo or junior. Young. Bolo Young. Oh, Stacy, that was too sweet, too sweet. <laughs> uh, all right, so Bloodsport is a criminal in the, uh, and he's also, of course, in the Suicide Squad coming up uh, movie. Uh, he's mo- known mostly for that attempted assassination of Superman, which plays heavily in why he is in Bell Reeves at the beginning of this movie. And also, I think it's biggest claim to fame. Uh, Mikey, I think you know a little bit more about this character. Is there anything else that Bloodsport really hangs his hat on? Yeah, well, not really. I think one of the weird things is that they say uh, a lot of the 
resources say he has no superpowers, but he takes a shot from Superman. Superman's weakened by the kryptonite. I know, but still Superman weekend is still punching a hole through a car. So they say he has no powers, but he does take a couple of good hard shots from people. So he's definitely has, he might not be super, but he's definitely the highest human capacity to take hits. Um, also, he has teleportation uh, technology implanted in his body so that he can teleport weapons into his hands. And that's one of the ways that he is able to cause such carnage is that he just keeps basically reloading himself with weapons to, uh, to, you know, to destroy people. LT, quick question. LT, yeah. quick question about that. Do you think it was because John Byrne thought that was a cool technology that Lex Luthor would give uh, a mercenary who was trying to kill Superman? Or do you think Carl Kessel just didn't want to draw the dude with a whole bunch of weapons on him? <laughs> so they just <laughs> said, fuck it, now he's got a gun. I think it's probably B. So if it was the guy that likes to draw the pouches, Layfield, Layfield would have just put on more pouches and had a lot of ammo. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he and just so would have been pulling guns out of pouches, like, forever. Also, in the upcoming film, he is played by Idris Elba. Yeah. And, who, and it's, who looks to be the leader of the group. And it's kind of important to note that there's been more than one blood sport in the DC Universe. There's been several of them. Three. Uh, that's just the first blood sport that's going to be in Suicide Squad, but there was also a second blood sport that was a a, a a racist that went on a killing spree trying to eliminate um, basically every minority group that existed in Metropolis. And do you remember that storyline uh, with him in the jail with the first blood sport who was also African American? Yeah, I, I read that issue as well. Uh, I still wasn't impressed with the writing, but uh, yeah, I, he tries to kill him in the ring. He tries to kill him out of the ring. Tries to kill everybody that is not white. That's because the warden was like, "This will solve the problem if I have these guys fight it out." Fight it out. Because nothing solves violence like violence in the ring. That's right. You're not stuck here. I'm not stuck in here with you. You're in here stuck with me. Yeah, I watched that clip just today. Yeah, it's a lie. <laughs> I don't have, uh, you know, Bloodsport just wasn't a character that caught my imagination too, too much. Uh, but I always did enjoy seeing him because I always knew that the carnage would be upped. I uh, kind of thought him a little bit like a uh, like a Punisher kind of uh, character in as much as when I saw him coming. I knew there was going to be a lot of bullets on the page and uh, a lot of uh, complaint fun. That's all I have to say about this character. He was very tertiary for me. Dislike? Why dislike? I I felt he was terribly one-dimensional. He was trying to portray that he was a Vietnam vet, and yet he was just a a crazy megalomaniac killing people. And, you know, I felt it was a bad representation of Vietnam vets. Well, he wasn't a Vietnam Uh, vet. He has survivor's guilt because he was a survivor's guilt because his friend, his, his brother actually took his place in Vietnam and came back uh, as an amputee. But I still thought it was just, you know, 
not the best storyline. Uh, so he was a conscious objector, and he no. didn't want to shoot anyone. No, he no. was so, a yeah. coward. Was and was afraid to die, so he ran to Canada, Canada and his brother and his didn't brother want to disgrace the family, so his brother posed as him and took his place in Vietnam and came back as an amputee. Oh, well, that, that would give me some survivor skills. I can see that. And he was also did not like the way his brother was treated when he came back from Vietnam, so that led to part of his animosity with uh, the citizens of Metropolis, although he did pose as a Vietnam veteran. But he posed he's, as a Vietnam yeah. vet. Yeah, he's a bad guy. He's supposed to be doing evil shit, Tom. Yeah. Stolen honor is okay if you're a dick. Look, if I... you up to be a bad guy, good. I hope this guy becomes the biggest uh, villain since uh, Deadpool. Because I have his first appearance. <laughs> That's a good reason. That's the best reason I've ever heard. I mean, right now it's 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 about three or four bucks, but I'm hoping after this movie, it's gonna gonna get better. Yeah, Stacy, do you have any uh, particular issue or anything you liked about this character? Anything I liked about it? Mm-hmm. Well, so I didn't read any comics. I actually watched uh, two episodes of Justice League Unlimited that Bloodsport appears in and uh, an episode of Smallville. And, and uh, so the two episodes that of Justice League Unlimited, uh, the first one is um, he's part of the group, the Metabrawl group um, run by Roulette. And... He literally does nothing other than kind of fight Green Arrow and Wildcat. Um, he doesn't say anything. You see him, like, twice. Um, one time is a blink and you miss him, uh, and then he gets caught and whatever. And so the next time he shows up, like, seven episodes later, um, is in actually one of my favorite episodes, which is The Great Brain Robbery, where um, Lex is trying to change, like, switch brains with um, Gorilla Grodd to get some information and it ends up that Flash and Lex end up switching brains and um, so again Bloodsport not a big part I mean he's there he's, he joins Gorilla Grodd's group because he's not happy with Lex's leadership um, but the fun part of that one is Michael Rosenbaum who's the voice of the Flash was act- actively playing Lex Luthor on Smallville at the time Um so, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I didn't really learn much about Bloodsport uh, in Justice League Unlimited, but the episode of Smallville uh, was an episode called Extinction, and Bloodsport, or at least a Bloodsport-like character, uh, is a guy named Van McNulty who is targeting metahumans, and he is actually hunting Lex because he thinks Lex is a metahuman because he's survived so many near-death experiences and um the most i got out of that was it was just kind of fun to revisit smallville because i don't think i've rewatched it since it ended kind of fun. <laughs> but uh not really much about you know the blood sport that we're gonna see in the suicide squad it was just fun to learn about you know 
other appearances outside of the comics because I knew there wasn't a ton of comic stuff to do. So I thought I'll take the other pop culture appearances <laughs> and see what I can learn, uh, which turns out to be not not that much. Not that much. All right. Mikey, you got a fave? Yeah, issue number four. If anybody wants it, <laughs> like, let's drive up those values right now. Everybody get online right now. Go buy issue right number four as many as you can. Buy it soon, buy it often, buy it as many times as you like. Mikey's waiting for you. That's right. Well, I, I will give him a little bit of distinction because the new Superman series relaunched right after Crisis of it on Infinite Earths. John Byrne did the Man of Steel six-issue miniseries and then started on Superman Volume 2. So Bloodsport is, in the post-crisis DC Universe, one of the first villains that Superman fights and one of the first minions that Lex Luthor hires to go after the Man of Steel. Because in Byrne's reimagination of Lex Luthor, he was more of a kingpin kind of figure rather than the um, the Lex Luthor brilliant scientist. Uh, so, yeah, again, just that first issue that he appears in, number four, by Tom, you're muted. No. Oh, we can't hear him. Oh, no, he's still muted. Oh, he's still he, muted. Sorry, I was looking at, I was looking at, uh, talked a little bit earlier about the TV, uh, the uh, movie Bloods part, and Josh mentioned that Polo Young's kid is ripped. Holy crap, he is ripped. I was not lying, right? That guy is shredded. Get some duct tape. That guy is ripped. Uh, Tommy, did you have a favorite? Uh, yeah, Superman number four, so that Mikey can make some money. <laughs> okay, that's a good friend right there. Thank you, Tommy. Um, so, Mikey, oh, now Mikey's muted. Oh, Mikey's oh, muted now. Oh, Mikey's God. muted. Somebody oh. can't talk. Look at him go. It says muted right there. <laughs> Mikey's talking, but we can't hear him. I will say that uh, the cover for the first appearance of Bloodsport is a really cool-looking cover. Uh, Mikey, while I get you on the horn there before you mute yourself, uh, about how many issues of comic books does he show up in? This is a round figure. Uh, well, that he actually shows up in and does something, or that he appears in the background? I'll go for you in the background. Yeah. Um, we're not talking a lot. He's probably around 30 appearances yeah. at the most. Um, so... I don't own every one of his appearances, surprisingly. surprisingly. Uh, but that's because I wasn't a huge Superman collector, so that's probably why. I got all the Great Plains Avengers. Uh, I'm sorry, all the Great Plains Initiative. Or issues, but still, I got them all. I don't know if they would call that a humble brag or not. Yeah, It's a sad brag. It's yeah, that's it. Forgot. A lot of my life is sad brags. Like we say, uh, all the issues of brute force. There's only, what, three or four? I have all the issues of uh, Highway USA. <laughs> you mean Team America? I'm Team America, all of Team America, too, but I also have all of USA 1, which is the trucker one. You have all of US 1? I Fuck. think so, yeah. Why did I buy that for you for Christmas? Hey, <laughs> Spikey, didn't you buy him, like, Ten copies of number one. Yeah, I'm. I'm yeah. positive. US One actually is going to be the star of 
the next Suicide Squad movie, and those prices are going to just shoot up <laughs> through the roof. Shoot up. Well, keep them handy because I haven't seen them for a while, so <laughs> I might want to read them again. <laughs> anyway, any last words on Bloodsport? Uh, so I, I mean, clearly, I don't have any favorite comics of Bloodsport. I'm not the <laughs> clearly. guy. Clearly, I. Uh, I do like the fact that he's the guy who tried to assassinate Superman, and I honestly, I think that's enough of a tagline to put him in the movie and make him cool enough to let Idris Elba like kick it off. I like Idris Elba a lot. Like he does some he he does some great stuff. He's he, he just fits into roles and does good jobs. And then just tertiarily, maybe quartiarily, like way out there on the curve. Uh, on the Vietnam thing, I'm just going to mention it. So this is almost my tangent, but not quite. Uh, not the movie Bloodsport, but uh, the movie First Blood uh, about about Vietnam veterans. A lot of people know the movie Rambo, right? And you see John Rambo sort of just being this violent outcast. But if you ever do get a chance to actually read uh, First Blood, uh, go ahead and do that because it's actually an interesting character study about two people, the sheriff and John Rambo, who come back from Vietnam with very conflicting experiences. One becomes a sheriff in a part of the community, and the other becomes a drifter and a wanderer. And it's actually a very excellent book. Now, Josh told me this exact thing about three years ago, and I'm like, really? i got to read this. And I read it, and I'm like, Josh is a fucking idiot. This thing is a word-for-word thing in the book. Oh, I accidentally got the movie. <laughs> I bought, I bought the film adaptation. Because I'm a fucking idiot. I actually did take his advice and read the book. It really is incredibly insightful and thoughtful. Uh, they treat two Vietnam veterans just handling the stress of uh, coming back after the war in completely different ways. Uh, and it's a really, really good read. Oh, yes. But don't read the film adaptation. Do not read the film adaptation. Because you will think that Josh is an idiot like I did. And then you realize the idiot was me. It's this guy. It's me. It's me. Idiot was me all along. It was me all along. Any last words on this character? Moving on, then. (laughs) Mikey, what do you got in the front of the long box? I got nothing at the front of the long box. I was unpacking all week. Unpacking all week. Tell us about USA 1. I, didn't I give away like six copies of that at uh, the, the Pentacon a few problem. years ago? I still have a bunch to give away. I don't know why I keep on getting those. It's, it's like a uh, boomerang comic. Like I'll give them all my copies away and like somehow I'll I'll buy a stack of comics and it'll show up in it. Fine, Tommy, what do you have the back of the lot box for me? I have Star Wars Darth Vader by Greg Pak, Volume 1, Dark Heart of the Sith. This story takes place immediately following Empire Strikes Back and is a story of Darth Vader going off trying to find all the people that hid his son, Luke Skywalker, from him to enact revenge on them. He tries to go and kill everybody that isn't already dead, which is hard because a lot of people are dead. (laughs) Would you call it a rampage? little bit of rampage and in his quest he comes across somebody he does not expect to find and that is somebody that is Padme Amidala but of course it's not really Padme Amidala because she's dead and he comes across 
Padme's handmaid that used to pretend to be Padme. And she's a rebel, and she's trying to avenge Padme's uh, death. And she teams up with Vader because they both want to avenge, you know, the death of Padme. And she has a whole group of people called the Amidalans that are trying to avenge Padme. And they lure Vader back to Naboo and try to kill him. So I'm, I, I'll admit Star Wars is not my jam, but didn't she die during childbirth? Are they trying to kill Luke and Leia? What? Didn't Padme, no, Padme die? did, but, but Vader comes across one of her, one of her doubles. Right, but you said they're trying to avenge Padme, so I'm trying to figure out, are they going to kill the two kids because she died in childbirth? childbirth? They just knew she died and thought that she was killed. Well, that's a very horrible plan for revenge if they don't know who was involved. <laughs> yeah, you can't kill cancer. <laughs> I'm going to kill everybody who has cancer. What? Oh, that, Wait, that, that, what? That's there, not how cancer works. Cancer's already doing that. <laughs> there's fan canon that, uh, and I kind of believe this too, that um, Padme, you know, everybody's she died of a broken heart, but I still think think she died of injury sustained when Anakin force choked her Stafar. Uh, he should kill himself because he kill him. we've all force choked someone a little too hard <laughs> when they were pregnant with twins you went dark on that yeah. what's going on with Jill that's that's, what happened that's what, what the hell is up with that that is, that is not all right. <laughs> um, John, I, well, actually, since uh, Stacey, what do you got for toys for us this week? Oh, for toys. So I was kind of hoping you had a blood sport, but you probably, do you have one? I don't think so. I don't know if they make one. They will soon. <laughs> it's true. Well, and no. then Mikey can maybe bundle that up with Bloodsport first appearance. Buy it now, $49.95. Mama needs a, I don't know, a dinner at McDonald's. I don't know how much of this oh, comic could possibly be <laughs> worth. <laughs> oh, okay, so. Oh, gosh. I'm dropping shit. Sorry. Um, because we were talking. If you if you have listened to the Geek League, we were talking about Master of the Universe Revelation. Uh, they just came out with the first wave of figures from that line. They have made so far He-Man, Moss Man, Skeletor, <laughs> premium Skeletor character, and uh, Battle Cat. This character, Evelyn. Evelyn. I'm not just going to call it Lynn from now on. Yeah. Um, so she comes with this long-haired look, which I love. But she also comes with her traditional kind of helmeted. Nice. Um, She's much more scowly in the helmet. She is. She is. This is more kind of wisecracky, I guess. So that's Lynn, and then she's Lynn. evil Lynn in the skull. Yeah. <laughs> 
I mean, I feel like Lynn and I could have gone to high school together. I feel like Evil Lynn and I dated. <laughs> I feel like I'm pretty sure you did. High school. <laughs> but Lynn and I could go get grab a hot beverage. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah. then Evil Lynn would fuck you behind my back. <laughs> Crafty. I have a yeah. feeling there's more going on here than I Yeah, think. I feel like I feel like we're circling the drain around a person. Subtext. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just talking about an accent figure. Guys. I was talking about an old girlfriend. I'm sorry. <laughs> does Evil Lynn's, uh I see she's holding a staff there. Uh, does that come out? Does uh, she have other things? Or is it one of those things where you have to, like, pop the hand off and then pop it back on? She has her long staff, and then she also has a short staff. And she came with like, her hands. Too. It's called a mace. Yes. Uh, yeah, so that's people in. You're right. I don't know why I was so adamant about that. Yeah. That's called a mace, damn it. Yeah. Oh, it looks like a mace. So, Stacey, where can somebody see Evil Lynn if they're listening to our podcast? Other than going to YouTube, which they should totally do and subscribe. Yeah, so you can see uh, Evil Lynn among other toy picks that I take on my Instagram at Geeky Vixen. I will say this. Your Instagram, next to Dick Van Dyke, is my favorite Instagram. Thank you. <laughs> it's just dog pics and toy pics mostly. <laughs> the occasional selfie. But we still like it. Hey, man, this is Kevin Smith, uh, Silent Bob from all those terrible Jane Silent Bob type pictures, and you are listening to Thinking Outside the Long Box, comics talk for comics fans. Josh, you got a tangent for us, buddy? Bloodsport? So, what's that? Vietnam? Rambo? Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, I, I danced. You kind of cut him off in the middle of his tangent. I, 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 yeah, I tangented quite often, but I will... Uh, I guess I'll go for for the sort of the allegory to what I started. Is there anything, uh, a show, a movie, really any, any media that has one version that's sort of uh, a uh, an icing layer on top of something where there is something that else that was based on that is much deeper? It, it could be history. It could be it could be another book or movie. Just anything that has sort of the uh, the duplicity of entertainment to it that you may have missed as a casual viewer. I don't understand the question. I'm sorry. I've had a lot of beer tonight. Say that again. <laughs> so, like, if, if there's, like, a show that was based on something historical or a TV show or a movie that was based on a book or another subject matter, and you're like, oh, what it was based on was so much better or maybe more interesting. Oh, yeah. The source material was yeah. entertaining. And yeah, I, I got you. Now, I, now I'm tracking you. Yeah. The yeah. first Suicide Squad movie was horrible, but if you read John Ostrander's run on the Suicide, suicide Squad, squad. <laughs> you'll be like, wow, James Gunn should make this movie. What <laughs> should make this movie? If only there was someone who could have been. Um, you guys all know how I feel about iRobot, the movie versus the book. Clearly. Yeah. I mean, Clearly. But that was, I mean, that wasn't even trying to be the same story. Yeah, that yeah, wasn't. Yeah. It was just like, it's I like. a lawnmower man. That's, yeah. that's, yeah. Yeah, like, I really like the words I and robot. So I'm going to pay a lot of money, but 
What about I Frankenstein? Oh god, that's another one, yeah. Uh, well I found out later that I Frankenstein there are two I Frankensteins. And just like I read the wrong Rambo. Uh, no, no, I, but, but the movie was changed very very dramatically from the original book, right? Well what do you think the original book was? I Frankenstein from Goons? No, from uh, the comic creator, right? Yeah, Kuntz's I Frankenstein is amazing, and I loved it. Yeah. I Frankenstein the comic book is good, but it's not amazing or great, and the movies is even worse than that. Uh, but I was expecting the book, which is terrific, uh, from Kuntz called I Frankenstein, and what I got was the I Frankenstein comic book, which is only okay, and they fucked it up pretty bad. <laughs> So, yeah, I got the worst of the worst of the worst of that one. Uh, but I will say this. Uh, how many people uh, watched uh, Sleepy Hollow? That's one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was yeah, Sleepy, no, Sleepy Hollow, the TV show. Yeah. Oh, I, I watched, like, the first episode. I was so excited for Sleepy Hollow because there really was a spy network uh, that George Washington was using. And, of course, uh, Hercules Perot was a big part of it. Uh, if you watch the Hamilton music, uh, Hercules Perot is there. And they did delve a little bit into uh, the metaphysical when it came to uh, some of the Freemason stuff. So I was really looking forward to the whole. Uh, and uh, Sleepy Hollow is based on the fact that uh, Ichabod Crane was a member of that spy network. And he was part of George Washington's uh, gang. And he was a spy. He was a spy during the, during the uh, American Revolution. And... Uh, they were just going to bring forth all these secrets, and it wasn't that. Uh, and if it had been that, that would have been way cooler. The best part about that was the Kurgan was the sheriff, and he died in the first 30 seconds by getting his head oh, cut off. Matthew Brown. By the, yeah, by the headless horseman. And the second best thing is uh, they go to a Dunkin' Donuts, and Ichabod Crane goes, wait a minute. There is 20% tax on this coffee and tea that we just bought? You know we went to a fucking war for 10, right? It was like 10. And you're just paying 20. And he's losing his mind in the car like, this fucking pastry. You paid 20% for a pastry. And he's just losing his mind in the car. I can't believe it. And uh, I really laughed at that. <laughs> I do remember that was the only good part of that, that TV show that I watched one episode of. It really was. I was, like, it was a funny and I was like, thing. it's not enough. For me to watch another episode, <laughs> I, I, mull, I muscled through about nine episodes, but boy, I tell you, it could have been great. Could have been great. Yeah, so I kind of felt the same way about um, the aliens. Uh, so after Aliens, the movie, I read the Dark Horse comics, and then I was really excited for Aliens Three, the movie, when it came out because I was expecting them to do the Dark Horse storyline. And then we got the movie Aliens 3, and I was terribly disappointed. Yeah, the only good thing about that movie was Charles S. Dutton. So I have an Aliens board game. It's not called Aliens, but it is awesome. Everybody on the, every player, it's a kind of a cooperative, but everybody has their own little agenda also. 
So you could be the corporate sleaze trying to capture the alien. Others are trying to stop the alien from getting to Earth. Uh, Is that the one where you're trying to fix the engines and you got the engines yes. to do? What's that called? Uh, I can't okay. see it because I'm in the fucking dark. Yeah, uh, I, mean, played that. I played that recently. You did? Yeah, yeah well, I was planning on playing it Saturday, but uh, you guys don't want to come over and move my shit. We said that we would. I know, I'm just kidding. We don't have time to play the game, though. It takes, what, about two or three hours to play, Josh? Uh, yeah, I think we had four people playing. Yeah, it was about an hour and a half. An hour and a half. Oh, we could totally play a game before you guys leave. Play the game or the cat gets it. <laughs> uh, Love me or die. Did anyone not have one for that one? Anybody I, else? I I do. I, I haven't gone yet. I, I would say the one that first came to mind when, when you posed the question was The Wizard of Oz. So I saw the movie first, and I loved the movie. Um, and then as I got a little older, uh, you know, somebody said, you should read the book. And I read the book, and it scared the shit out of me in the best way because it's so dark. And uh, and so then I just went on a tear and read all of the books. And you didn't read Return to Oz, did you? Well, there's not a book called Return to Oz. Yeah, the, the one where she's getting electroshock therapy and that makes her goes back to Oz. Yeah, I saw the movie. I love the movie. But there, so Return to Oz is, is an amalgamation of about three Wizard of Oz books, like three books in the series. Well, they're all a haunted nightmare. Why would you read those? Why would you keep reading is my point. Because I love that stuff. I love that stuff as a kid. I still love it. Like, just, wait, like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Tom, why wouldn't you keep reading it? Because you like getting shocked. It's true. <laughs> the point is, when, when uh, we watched Return to Oz when I was a kid, everybody in my class was terrified. And it was like me and another, like, another kid. And we were like, yeah, we already knew this because we read all the books. And we love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, reading The Wizard of Oz again, knowing that it's mainly a diatribe against capitalism and the Tin Man, of course, represents industrialization. And the Cowardly Lion is the Senate. And the Golden Road is trying to get off gold and get onto a silver. Uh, money kind of ruined it for me. I'll say college ruined that one book for me. Because <laughs> now all I can see is the metaphors. And I wish I couldn't. So I used to enjoy it. But it's nothing but metaphors. What are the flying monkeys supposed to be? Your mom. Ow. I'm kidding. I love your mom, man. She's great. That's a Ghostbusters joke, and it's beautiful. Fuck you guys for not loving the Ghostbusters. Don't say anything about my mom. I'm, I'm literally stroking a cat. I am almost a supervillain. <laughs> almost. <laughs> I'm pretty close. Oh, pretty close. All right. At this point on the Geek Leak. <laughs> All right. I guess that brings us over to... Uh, um... Plugs. Plugs. Thank you. I, I, all I had in my head was butt plugs. I couldn't say anything but butt plugs. It's plugs. Just plugs, guys. I don't know why it was in my head so much. Uh, let me plug the main Renaissance Fair, which I went to over the weekend. It was terrific. Let me plug a group I saw called Chased Treasure. Uh, if you like misbehaving maiden, uh, misbehaving maidens, 
you'll like this group. They're really funny. They sing some body songs, some sea shanties. Uh, they keep it very light, very fun, and uh, they were a great little bar troupe. And the main Renaissance Fair is bigger than some, not quite as big as the Carver Renaissance Fair here in Massachusetts, which is coming up in September, but it's pretty big, and I had a very nice time. King Richards and Carver. King Richards and Carver match. You're right, Josh. Thank you. Couldn't quite pull the Richards out of my butt. Couldn't get the dick out of my butt. <laughs> yeah, you know, with the butt plugs. You know, yeah. Stuff. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta deal with that. It's all sorts that, of... Now, Josh, you've been plugging uh, Swords and Beer for a while. Have you guys, did I, have you made any new videos or anything? Uh, beer tube. I've got. I'm gonna make. I was actually gonna make a video tonight, but I think um, the uh, the gelato girls sort of overwhelmed my taste bud, so I'm not gonna go and try to uh, evaluate anything serious. But yeah, yeah. Uh, Beer-tube.com. You'll find me on YouTube. Uh, I'll be. We'll be at a uh, uh, some place in Connecticut this week. Where's that? Terrificon. Terrificon. It sounds terrific. By the time you hear this, it'll be over. But maybe next year. And then uh, <laughs> I'll be at a Dragon Con, Labor Day weekend, and Gen Con uh, two weeks after that. I might try to join you for Gen Con if you want. Never been to one. It's Indianapolis. Yeah, it's not that far. It's really close to my house. Ooh. Tommy, you plugged I'd like to plug geekorthodox.com. 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 Hello, Timmy. I'll see you at Jackdaw. <laughs> GeekOrthodox.com purveyors of fine t-shirts and other geeky things, such as stained glass prints, Johnny Skywalker rocks glasses, socks, baseball hats, you name it, they got it. GeekOrthodox.com. Well, I'd like to plug Kirby Crackle, who provide our geek rock music every week. You can check them out at KirbyCrackleMusic.com. If you're listening to this on YouTube and you're wondering, what music is he talking about? It's because we actually edit a podcast, well, barely, uh, the Logbox Guys, which you can pick up on any platform where you get your podcasts, because we're everywhere. Also, I'd like to thank the makers of Nemesis, which is that game we were just talking about, and I just remembered the name of. Clap, 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 good job, Mikey. Uh, and let me also plug our Patreon Patreon page. Uh, for those of you not in the know, for just one dollar a month, a dollar a month. I am what? not kidding. One dollar a month, you can get another podcast almost every single week uh, of us talking about other things in pop culture. Usually, TV shows. We play a game called Dead or Alive, which is about old TV shows. I think this week we did uh, the Carol Burnett show. And we uh, just chit chat about what we're doing to stave off the craziness that has been the pandemic, moving into the craziness that is going back into regular life. Uh, all the money that we do get from that Patreon page does go to the Elizabeth Peabody House, which is a food bank in the Somerville, Massachusetts area, feeding over 90 uh, people every single uh, week. Uh, great families, they come in. I shouldn't say 90 people, I should say 90 families. Uh, we usually have up to 325 to 390 to 400 visitors uh, when you count how many people are actually uh, in those households. And uh, we provide them with uh, three uh, big bags of food each, and uh, it's a great time. 
Mike, you know your screen does a lot of super ability stuff, right? It's got yeah. A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> I'm sitting in a rocking chair. I cannot help uh, being a super villain. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that will do it for us this week. Mikey, what is this podcast like to you? It's like technical difficulties. <laughs> and Josh, uh, the Suicide Squad, when it comes out of theaters, is that your sector? Uh, is, I don't know if theaters are my sector yet. I'm, I, I'm considering it being my sector for the Green Knight, so I guess I guess I'll guess i be in for Suicide Squad, too. Suicide Squad too. You, you've been uh, up in that Green Knight for a while. You're really excited about that one. I am. I'm really excited about that movie. I, I, I really like the trailer, so I'm, I'm pretty happy for it myself. Tommy, sweet, sweet Tommy, you got anything to say? You know, don't be one of the people that the governor of Alabama is blaming. Get your shot. Get your shot, people. Stace, any words of wisdom for us? Oh, um, you know, I would say just, just be nice to people. I know I say that a lot, but I've seen a lot of mean stuff going around online, especially about the new He-Man, uh, New Masters of the Universe. Like, just be nice. Let people enjoy it. Yeah, yeah uh, like I said, I saw the, the live-action underdog, and I was like, that was kind of fun. And then I read online that everyone's losing their goddamn minds about it. I'm like, man, it wasn't for you. It was for kids. Let them have their underdog. And I'm feeling the same way about uh, Q-Man. Tom, what was, the word, what was the word you taught us this week? Compersion. Compersion. That is feeling joy for other people's joy. Compersion is a, a big part of my life. I see someone having a good time. I'm, I'm having a better time myself. Uh, I, I really feel that if everyone can feel that a little bit more, you know, happiness for other people's happiness. Uh, the world will be a better place, which brings me to what I always say. Don't diss what you hate. Just promote what you love. You live longer. Thanks from the long box, guys. Love you. Bye-bye.